All right. So it is June 23rd, 2018, and we're here with Charm City Junction. And by way of introductions, let's start with Sean on the left and tell everybody who we're talking to. My name is Sean McComiskey, and I play the button accordion in Charm City Junction. And I'm Brad Kalodner, play banjo in Charm City Junction. And my name is Alex Lackelman. I'm here playing bass. Fellas, we're glad to have you here. And uh, the impetus for all this was part of our string band weekend and workshops. And maybe you can just tell me a little bit about uh, what you guys get out of these workshops and inspiring young and old musicians. Yeah, we've been here for the past couple of days teaching workshops to players of all levels and ages. And speaking personally, this is Brad here. Uh, it's really rewarding to watch folks uh, and their eyes light up when you teach them something new that they haven't thought about before, or perhaps challenging something they've done for many years a certain way, and play a new tune for them or a new technique, and they go home and work on it for many months and years and share it with their friends. And it's, it's uh, uh, very inspiring to, to teach folks uh, this, this traditional music. Sean? For me, I'm coming in playing Irish music on, on an accordion at a string band festival of old time music. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of uh, interesting finding common connections, teaching Irish tunes to musicians in Arkansas. And uh, we actually made a bunch of connections with friends that we have all over the country and back to Ireland. Um, and it's just, it's, it's the same, same thing as Brad said, it's exciting to, to bring these different traditions together and spread it onto you know, younger players and older players as well. Well, you mentioned something there that I wanted to get into a little bit later, but let's just go ahead and talk about it now uh, and what you do with the accordion in this group. And as we were talking before, it, it's, a, it's a unique sound. And some people might think, well, you know, an accordion in a string band, you know, that might be a head scratcher at first. But then you mentioned the Irish and Celtic connections, and that's a direct lineage to what goes on here in the Ozarks with fiddle music. So in all honesty, when you really think about it, it really is kind of a natural connection that maybe a lot of people had, had missed. Yeah, and uh, there, I know of a handful of accordion players who play Irish music who've kind of dabbled a little bit in, in the old time tunes. Um, but I'm kind of delving a little deeper than uh, a lot of my contemporaries. And a lot of these tunes fit really well um, on the accordion. And they balance lovely with uh, it's a lovely balance with banjo and fiddle. I mean, it's the same arrangement in Irish music. It's just slightly different repertoire. So how do you guys work out uh, with the accordion where you're doubling melodies or where you're working sort of maybe as uh, a rhythm backup or like somebody might in a piano? Do you, is that something you consciously obviously do? You have to work out those arrangements. Sure, yeah. We, I mean, we've worked it out uh, in the years that we've been playing together, but I kind of intuitively play that way and because the accordion can be a really powerful dynamic instrument in the right hands and you can fill a sound fill <clears throat> you know fill the space of a rhythm guitar or piano by doing you know harmonic chords behind the tunes and then you can jump over to playing the melody and it just offers kind of different textures uh, that you don't always hear. And by blending the genres together, because we, we would have the same question coming from the other angle for playing at an Irish festival, they might say, you know, 
well, what's this about the Clawhammer banjo in an Irish band? Because it can you can look at our group from a number of different lenses. It's not necessarily just like an old time string band with an accordion or an Irish band with a banjo or something. We, we kind of are drawing from so many different influences and the result, we don't necessarily have those rules of like an old time band has to follow this set of rules or a bluegrass band has to follow these rules. It's It's kind of liberating in some ways. We don't necessarily have all those rules behind us when we're playing. It's just mostly listening to each other and thinking about what sounds best. Yeah, and Alex, what's your take on that? Uh, well, I mean, the way that we play this music is we started off as friends hanging out together making music and we just liked these tunes and liked each other. And, you know, I think uh, there's a respect in that, that's the way people are give and take with the melody and space for everyone else. And so, you know, and there's a, respect for all the different traditions and the way that we all see them as, you know, they're all under the same umbrella and they all share so many commonalities that why not play the music together? <laughs> why not? There should be no, you know, division between these different styles. And so we're just having a fun time playing the music together. And how do you come up with the songs? Is it uh, you, certain some of you guys will bring a tune to the, to the band and say, we ought to try this? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much kind of take turns with uh, bringing new material to the band and we are just about to have a new record come out in on July 13th and for that we all brought an original tune and we all brought um, some trad songs and we sat around together and emailed back and forth and figured out what we wanted to do and I mean when it comes to like actual the songs you know we're always kind of in mind of try to keep in mind uh, a song that's kind of tuneful that really allows the three melody instruments to have a lot of fun playing off of one another. Um, but we also, you know, brought in some new songs on this upcoming record from our friends that, you know, yeah, it's it's fun picking out this material. I want to ask you guys, you, I'm guessing you're all are sort of in your mid, late 20s, somewhere around there. I'm the only one in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're in the ballpark. Okay, close enough. Those are teenagers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm wondering <laughs> what keeps the allure of this style of music uh, alive in your generation? I think the social component is yeah. probably why I'm so hooked on playing old time and, and roots music, bluegrass and some Irish music as well. That being able to have the instrument as a social tool, show up at a jam or a festival or a concert and instantly have something in common with somebody. I can just sit down and start playing tunes or we can just chat about music and have so many friends in common across the country that play this type of music. So for me, the social component is really big. Of course, I love playing music and love the feeling of metal strings, you know, ringing in my fingers. But it's, it's I think, in the long run, the social side is what really keeps me engaged. Interesting. I, I wholeheartedly agree from that because I uh, grew up studying classical music and jazz music and then I always listened to Bella Fleck and the Fleck tones and that was my gateway towards bluegrass and then working backwards to like old time music and I mean the allure is definitely the social thing. I mean it's so cool to just show up here and I've never been to Arkansas and then sitting around, went to the town jam last night and you know I know all the same tunes as these people and we have a lot in common already and it's great that there's so many people you can meet through the t music, you know. Do you ever notice, uh, in the couple of years we've been doing this, I've noticed, and you mentioned you had a background in jazz and classical. Uh, do, do any of you or any of your friends ha have a background in like punk rock or anything? There was always a, there's a lot of commonality in 
folks of your generation that came from that. Yeah, they grew up playing like rock guitar or something. No, I, I not for me. I, I, I have a lot of friends uh, who who've played, uh, who've, you know, played different types of music, rock and stuff growing up. You played some, I, I, you yeah. played in a ska band. Yeah, I played in a ska band. You college. know, that was my roots in like, I mean. Tangerine Marmalade, yeah, what was yeah. it called? Uh, Traffic Jam Marmalade. Traffic Jam Marmalade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then right away, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I grew up playing, you know, in garage bands, and and you know that was a, a thing you could do with your friends, and so this kind of feels the same. And there's this one festival where Brad and I met, uh, Clifftop, West Virginia, and I definitely know some people who are definitely come out of that punk rock scene, and they they play hard, and 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 it really works in the old time string band repertoire to bring that kind of like intensity to the playing. And of course, there's all different styles, but that's just that there there's a subgenre of old-time musicians who were punk rockers and you know There's something about the groove that's pretty similar yeah it's those. pretty cool it's, it's pretty intense just really deep pocket people just lock into the groove and and uh it's uh, there's yeah i can hear some are you a punk rocker no, no uh i came a little bit more from a blues background i lived in memphis for a number of years before i moved here so is there a punk rock scene here in mountain view no. If there is, yeah. I'm not aware of it. <laughs> it's pretty underground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so talking about sort of your inspirations and your backgrounds. Now, Sean, uh, you and Brad, both your fathers are musicians. Uh, and Sean, let's start with you. Now, your dad also played accordion. Is that right? Yeah. My dad, um, my dad is a National Heritage Fellowship award winner um so he does a little bit more than play it <laughs> he's a big deal yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> plays it a lot <laughs> <laughs> pretty much just plays it <laughs> he writes he writes tunes yeah, yeah. now who was your dad what's his name oh uh, billy mccomiskey and uh he's from new york originally and uh his uh my grandfather was from ireland and my grandmother was an irish dancer and they met uh after world war ii in new york and um that's how he got into playing music as a little kid. And I followed suit pretty quickly. Uh, I didn't gravitate very naturally to the accordion, but I, uh, once I started playing the accordion, it was pretty, just came right out. Now, were you doing something else musically before that? I played piano for a little while and um, I dabbled with fiddle and I also played flute in the marching band uh, when I was in high school. Uh, sort of like a punk rock band, but <laughs> yeah, I was in that too. Not very punk. Rock. Now, if we if we were to listen to you, your playing, say we like soloed out a track of you playing and soloed out a track of your dad playing in a group, I'm gonna imagine there's some riffs and licks that are sort of family traditions. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you would hear very distinct similarities, and you would hear very distinct differences. Um, and that my younger brother plays the accordion as well, and you'd hear the same with that. Like you can hear the the clear line of, of you know, lineage, um, but I you know I, my dad's n never played this type of music. Um, this is something that I just kind of started doing years ago, um, by way of a few you know, few friends of mine who started urging me to play, uh, old time music well before I ever was a part of Charm City Junction, and um, but sure I mean you know especially when I he and I play together. We play more, I play more like him when I'm playing next to him. Uh, but then if I'm playing here, I kind of play, I have all these other influences uh, that he doesn't have. And it's just, you know, but you totally hear the, the connection. I can imagine. I can imagine. And Brad, we've been talking a little bit over the 
past few months as we've been getting this together uh, about your father, uh, who had a history playing here uh, as a hammered dulcimer player, uh, Ken. And so tell me about um, the, the Kaladner house and how you got uh, picked up the banjo and got everything started. Well, I, I certainly yawned at his music for a number of years <laughs> growing up. It took I a while for me to come yeah. around to it. Uh, probably not too much unlike uh, Sean. Just, kind of thing. You know, you hear it all the time and it was something he was doing with his friends and he had some, you know, great musicians come over to the house and play. And um, I, I appreciated the music at a young age, but it wasn't until I picked up the banjo when I was uh, in uh, ending, ending high school, I uh, picked up a banjo at a music camp up in Maine, took a workshop, a beginner workshop, and just fell in love with the sound of old time clawhammer banjo and asked my folks for a banjo. And they, you know, my dad was thrilled that I was finally showing a little interest in this music. I played cello a bit growing up. Um, but when I was interested in the banjo, I really took to it and just like loved practicing and playing with other people. And, and that's, you know, what's brought me here now, today. Yeah, now did you guys, uh, once you got proficient at it, uh, I imagine he was sort of, I don't want to say necessarily coaching you, but I imagine there were jams around the house and you yeah. learned the repertoire. Yeah, we would sit in front of the TV and watch Baltimore Orioles baseball games and just play tunes together every night in high school or when I was in like senior in high school. And then when I would come home from college, we would play together quite a bit. And we actually have recorded three albums now and we've toured pretty extensively all around the country. And we play maybe 50 or 60 shows a year and uh, it's become you know, a little family business, but uh, we really uh, we really enjoy playing together. And, and in those early days, I think he was really excited to see me pick it up. But I think I'm very grateful that my both of my parents, they weren't uh, into pushing the music on me or anything. They just, you know, let me sort of come at, come at it on, on my own and uh, supported me when I, you know, started playing music, but they certainly didn't pressure me into playing. Uh, I wonder uh, your guys' connection to Lucas and Eden Poole, who were also here, uh, teaching and performing for part of the workshop. Uh, did you meet them through what they were there when they were on the East Coast at Berkeley, or how? What was the connection there? Oh uh, yeah, I met Lucas at Clifftop, the men, uh, the festival that Alex mentioned earlier, the great old time string band festival in in West Virginia, and we, I think we just met in a jam, and I just heard him playing and was really uh, impressed by his style, and just uh, we just became friends pretty quickly, um, playing tunes together at, at Clifftop. And we've always had a, a nice sort of long distance mutual respect for each other's playing. And it's it's fun to get to see him again and hear him. And uh, I think Alex, you've probably knew him the same way, yeah, Clifftop. The same way. And, <clears throat> and the last time we saw Lucas before coming here was, uh, Lucas was passing through Baltimore with two other musicians and happened to stop at Charmsey Junction's fiddle player's house. And that was the first time that the four of us ever met each other was because Lucas was coming through and there ended up being a jam of some Irish bluegrass and old time players. And that's when the four of us started playing music together. So it's kind of a fun connection that we're here at the same weekend and got to see their house and, you know, hang out with them and see their banjo workshop and everything. And I think so, I think we met Eden as well at Cliff Top. Uh, yeah, um, same time. You know, around the same same time. Yeah, so for I guess for all of you, this is your first trip to Arkansas too? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Arkansas. It's, it's beautiful, especially up here in the, the Ozarks. It's just incredible. We're, we have some time tomorrow. We're hoping to, I don't know, go swim in the creek again or explore some caverns. Now, what was your, uh, I mean, obviously, you sort of had a little bit of introduction to Arkansas, probably by way of Lucas, since he's from Mountain View here. Mm -hmm. But 
<clears throat> I'm wondering, you know, what was your sort of idea of the musical sort of style here? And, you know, when I've traveled around a lot, I know you guys have, when you're going someplace new, you kind of get some ideas in your head, oh, maybe I'm going to see this and hear this. And how did, how did your expectations uh, measure up to actually what happened when you got here? I was really impressed on the musically impressed by how intergenerational the the jamming yeah. scene is down in the in the square and to see particularly so many young girls playing this music mm -hmm. uh, and so many uh, just players of all ages but really good to see a really healthy mix of boys and girls playing adults it's a really I, I'm not as used to seeing that I feel like I just tend to see jams blue, bluegrass jams you know a lot of older guys and it's nice to see a real healthy mix down here. Yeah, there are a lot of young girls and a lot of great, amazing. really great good players. Yeah. Lillianne yeah. McCool and mm -hmm. Rebecca Poole. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, Shay, you know, uh, Lucas's mom. Um, all right, let me move down the list here. Um, oh, okay. So, Alex, you were caught my ear on something you said, and this is always kind of a topic yeah. of conversation among those of us who work here. You're like, yeah, okay. Uh, those of us who like to play bluegrass, uh, old time and traditional, it's, all, it's always you're having to use like two or three, <laughs> yeah. four or five terms right. to describe. To what you like to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I've noticed um, you know, when this radio show we do, you know, we always think of it as sort of traditional folk and old time music. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of what we do here. But I've noticed if there's a fiddle and a banjo, people automatically just call it bluegrass. bluegrass. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. We were talking about this in the car the really? other day, just talking about the perception of bluegrass and or what 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 it is, and you know, and how people relate to whatever it is that they think you're playing. <laughs> I mean, do you have a problem with the term? I personally wouldn't care. I, mean, I have, I have no problem. You know, I have no problem with the word bluegrass, you know, at, at all. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, the letters line up, yeah. I, they don't know, you say the word, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a color, it's a, it's a growing plant, you know, it's a good thing. Um, but I mean, there's like a million bluegrass festivals around the country that have such a wide variety, a, a wide perception of what bluegrass I used air quotes on the radio that didn't yeah. help. <laughs> Bluegrass is, Quote and <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think a Telluride as one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's some big ones on the East Coast, Gray Fox, and uh, a bunch of other ones. And, and uh, I'm a radio DJ back in DC and, and host a bluegrass show on a bluegrass country radio station. A lot More of air, air quotes. quotes. <laughs> For those of you in radio world can't see right now. And I like the big tent definition of, of bluegrass. I think it, generally speaking, I'm, I'm okay with the idea of calling a lot of different types of music bluegrass, because I, I think bluegrass, even when it started, it yes, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys had their idea of what it was, but it kept growing and evolving as they kept playing more and more. And I think just seeing that continue is fine by me to have a, a wide definition of bluegrass. And people make up their own minds about what they think it really is. Yeah. But I think in the long run, it's, uh, doesn't really make a huge difference as long as people think it's good music and enjoy it. Right. Uh, and you can also, if there is a negative connotation that people apply to bluegrass, the more you use it in a really positive light with certain types of music, incorporating different instruments, I think that's for the better. And um, a couple more things here and then we'll wrap it up. I wonder what you guys, 
<clears throat> do to help keep the sound and the style of what you do sort of fresh and relevant. If you take uh, steps, you know, and have discussions about that, or, uh, or, or do you just do it and let it fall where it is? We just recorded a new album, and so that was one way to bring up some fresh material and sort of a kick in the pants and say, okay, we need some new tunes to play. So we, uh, we put together a new album this past year. And, and personally, I'm always going to jams and festivals and trying to learn new material by exposing myself to different musicians, going to as many events as I can. I don't know about the rest of you guys, how you stay motivated to play. Well, I mean, I don't think we're, when we're playing, we're never trying to be like a tradition bearer. We're not trying to hold tight onto some made perceived rules about the music. But there are definitely times when I go to a festival and like being a bass player, I will do nothing but play the root notes. I will, you know, I will not vary it and just keep it very straightforward. So, I mean, I do enjoy that super, you know, air quotes, traditional way of playing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I also play loads of different kinds of music. And and I think the four of us in Jermsey Junction, we, we love and respect all the different traditions that we come from. But we also think that we also, they're living, breathing things that are, you know, everyone who's playing it is taking a part of changing it. And and on this, and on our newest record, which I'm really happy about, we have four originals. Uh, six, five, or, six originals. Six originals. That, uh, yeah, six original tunes that we wrote a lot together. And it's really cool because uh, this is our first time doing that where, you know, they're just their own kind of sound. And so we weren't like, this needs to be the Irish tune or this one needs to be this one. And yeah, we even have like a set of a, Irish to an old time thing, and you know, which we heard here last night yeah. by Lucas and Eden. We become we come from so many different backgrounds musically. Sean being the Irish traditional music rep, and I play a lot of old time. And Alex grew up playing class and, uh, jazz and classical. And Patrick McAvenue plays a lot of bluegrass. And so we're always learning from each other, and always inspired by other tunes that we may have in our own unique repertoires. So whenever we get together to jam or build repertoire for a new recording or a concert or something there's always an endless well of tunes to draw from each other. And and being the guy who plays the least amount of melody, but then, you know, always hearing it, whenever one of these three other guys is teaching them the melody, everyone else is like, oh, no, just do that little ornamentation. Do the thing that you want, you know? And so everyone's very flexible about, like, how you might play it, you know? I was so, going to say, you're probably most in tune to that just, out of everybody, because you, you're the listening. one listening to it. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, not to say they're not listening. Right. <laughs> they're, they're all definitely, everyone, they're great listeners. I mean, for me, one of the things in terms of keeping keeping our sound fresh, if you want to call it that, we just, over the past four or five years that we've been playing together, we've naturally evolved, and we've gotten tighter, and we've gotten more intuitive in terms of reading and reacting to each other when we're playing. And that has naturally evolved our sound. Because if you listen to our new album compared to the old album, or the original album, first album, uh, they sound the same, but they sound very distinctly different as well. Like we've definitely progressed. We're a lot tighter. We're more uh, playful in some ways. Um, and that for me is kind of one of the, my favorite things about our group. We're not actively like, hmm, how can we keep our music fresh? We just play some tunes and have fun. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, sometimes things happen on stage and we're like, oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's what does it. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what does it. All right. Final thing. So <clears throat> tell me about um, and the reason I'm asking this question is when we put the radio show together, 
uh, in between some of the songs. Uh, we'll have some interview clips of us talking, and then I know you'll do some introductions of the songs tonight, uh, mm -hmm. but it'll help maybe if you talk about a few songs that you guys are just really enjoying playing these days that are in, it's in your set. Sure, do you want to do the, you could do the intro for uh, the Irish medley. I don't know if that makes sense. You just what, want us to well, describe. Well, just, yeah, uh, I mean, what, when, when you look at the set list, let's start with yeah, you, yeah. Sean. Like, what, okay. do you, what are you enjoying really getting a kick out of playing these days? Um, the set list we're playing tonight uh, is one that we, it's pretty close to what we've been playing for a bunch of years. Um, of my favorite ones on there uh, is, a, is a tune that um, kind of is uh, representative to me of, uh, you know, one of the first moments that I remember um, feeling the sound that Charm City Junction has eventually became, um, become. And it, it's Joe Band's Barn Dance. Uh, it's an Irish tune. It was played by this old, uh, lovely tin whistle player from the west coast of Ireland named Joe Ban, uh, and he just popularized it. And um, I remember we were playing, uh, we were hanging out in Patrick's office or something back in Baltimore four or five years ago. And I have this like visual memory of playing this tune and Alex was bowing it and Brad had just like picked it up on the banjo and Patrick was chopping or something and I was doing some chord in it. Like there was a moment where it clicked and I felt that I remember getting chills. And uh, I have a very, there was a green carpet. I don't know if you're. Yeah, there, I yeah. do remember that green uh, carpet. Yeah. So a workout bench that Patrick never used. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> but yeah, we were all, we were all just like crammed in. We were playing this tune, and I was like, "What about this one? This seems like a cool tune." Yeah. And it just like Brad had never heard it before. Alex never heard it before. Patrick yeah. had never heard it before. I was just, I just we, started playing it, and like four or five, yeah. six times in. We all got it. I've never gotten tired of playing that one. No, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> I love yeah. that tune. Um, yeah, and we're gonna play that tonight. Excellent, excellent. What about you, Brad? There's an old time tune that I play on banjo called "Last Chance." That when remember bringing it to the group, really had no idea how it was gonna go with everybody uh, playing the playing the old time melody with the accordion and bluegrass fiddler, and it's it's always an adventure when when we present a new tune to this group because I never know how people are going to interpret it. When I present a tune to an old time jam, I kind of have an idea of what each instrument's gonna do. And I don't have a very specific vivid memory like that for Last Chance, but I think it's one of my favorites from the from our first recording, um, just because it really highlights how each of us can step forward and, and sort of do uh, some some of the things that we're best at in our respective genres, whether it's, you know, Sean playing his, you know, sort of Irish interpretation of the old time melody, or Patrick improvising and playing a really bluegrassy solo and, and Alex, you know, Boeing's great, great at Boeing on the bass and coming up with own, his own melodies. And uh, that, that tune for me really is a great representation of how we're drawing from so many different influences, but it's just a really, it's sort of a journey of a tune yeah, and when yeah. we play it and it's, it's a lot of fun, never gets old. And what about you, Alex? Um, one that came out of uh, just hanging out together and uh, making sounds in the kitchen is the tune that we've been playing, Greasy Coat. For a while, you know, it's good chestnut of an old time a cross fiddle tune, uh, and the guys were doing some like ham boning, uh, which is the folk body percussion. You know, making sounds. I was like, oh, keep doing that, keep going, 
And then I started we're playing. We're just goofing off. We yeah, weren't even were, were, playing to do that. It was not intended. We they were, were not just, qualified to call ourselves hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just <laughs> yes. But, but three of them together, <laughs> it was this cool groove. And I was like, oh, keep going, keep going. I've got an idea. And, you know, and I started playing the melody. And, and uh, we made it into like a bass feature at the beginning. And then just like, it's kind of just ripping later in the tune with like a mandolin chop and or a fiddle chop, depending on the situation. But the tune really features Sean and Brad like playing melody and grooving at the exact same time. And it's just like this kind of raw party kind of vibe through the tune, you know. How do you little... describe it? A West Virginia <laughs> fiddle tune? What do you say? Uh, like, a, like a, this is a jazz, uh, a jazz inspired version of a West Virginia fiddle tune. <laughs> a, yeah, something like that. That's always a really fun one, you know. It's got this cool Charm C Junction groove. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Well, look, fellas, <clears throat> I really enjoyed listening to you play. We really enjoyed having you here in Arkansas. I hope you enjoyed your time here and continued success. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for everything you do here. Thank you. <laughs>